Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Oh, if I had more time to tell all the stories, but good morning, Horizon Church. How are you? Some of you are like, we know this guy. Uh, And yes, it was my twin brother, Ryan, who was playing bass this morning and has spoken here before. Take it all in. It's a thing. (laughs) He was my first official hire as the president of PLBC. I hired my twin brother to be our dean of students, uh, which anyways, we have an amazing dean of students at PLBC. You should meet him. Uh, He's doing an amazing job. I've got a word I want to dig into this morning, but there's just something stirring in my spirit, and I just think I need to respond. Liza, can I pray for you this? I just don't even know what to do with what's going on in my spirit. I'm calling an audible, and I don't even know if it's okay, but I don't really care because I think Horizon's okay with it. You are ministering in pre-service prayer this morning. You are ministering to us in in prayer for a service this morning, and I just feel like I don't even, I would turn over to Deanna, and I'm like, preach, Pastor Liza, but I just want to declare, like, and just affirm or just speak over you that God, God is so much more in store, and I just was so ministered to and blessed by your ministry this morning. And I just got this thing in my belly. I can't, couldn't not do it. But can I just, I'm just going to pray. I just got to be obedient to responding to, to whatever that is. If you're near Liza, sorry for probably putting you on the spot. I'll pay for it later. She's a, an amazing part of even our team here too. But Lord, we just agree as a family. And I just speak blessing over Liza today. Uh, Lord, as she ministered to us, I just feel in my spirit, there's just something so much more. And so we just speak that to life in the name of Jesus and more. Lord, not that it's just that it's some new thing, but Lord, I just feel to speak that out in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the gifts and callings that reside within her that you have placed there. And I just pray that they would begin to come out even in more ways than they have before. God, I thank you for the spiritual power and authority that resides and rests in her. And I thank you for the lives that will be impacted for your kingdom. And so I just bless her in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I just felt, sorry, Liza, just felt I needed to do it uh, this morning. Amen. Well, a couple of things just be, before I get, get into a word this morning is uh, as we, I, Craig resp- uh, approached me a while back and said, hey, do you want to preach on the 17th? I'm like, I'm in. That sounds awesome. And had mentioned that uh, you guys are in the midst of a sermon series on prayer, right? Awesome. And so it, it was great. Uh, one of those cool God moments in June or May or June, uh, just before I stepped into officially being the, uh, the president of PLBC, uh, I was praying just about themes and what the Lord had in store for the college. And the theme that stood out to me that I, I told my staff, we're, we're going to be all about prayer. Uh, at the Bible college. And then I heard that you guys were preaching about prayer. And then I was telling that to my brother and there's another church he knows of in Langley. And then they're doing a theme on prayer. And I'm like, huh, that's one of those cool God moments. Uh, that apparently there's this, there's this emphasis, there's this thing in the spirit calling us back to places of prayer, or maybe not back, but for the first time, into places of effective and fervent prayer. Uh, and so right away, uh, when Craig shared, I just felt to bring a word out of Ephesians chapter 6, which if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there uh, this morning. But uh, as you're doing that, I just wanted to officially say, uh, on behalf of PLBC, uh, we are grateful for Horizon Church. 
Uh, we're grateful for the historical relationship that this church, Horizon, previously Bible Fellowship, has had with PLBC uh, for a lot longer than most of us have been around. And so I just want to honor that. I'm so grateful for the history that we share together. Uh, I'm also, I was kind of counting as I was sitting there in, in my, my seat this morning, that about 20 years ago, I was on the worship team here at Bible Fellowship, then Bible Fellowship, now Horizon. And then I realized 20 was a really big number and I didn't want to think about it anymore. Um, so I'm thankful for the connection that we have and it's an honor and a privilege to be here uh, with you this morning. Ephesians chapter five, uh, six, sorry, is where I want to go today. I want to chat with us about the armor of God. Which it's one of those topics, as Daniel mentioned, uh, I used to be a kid's pastor back in the day. And uh, I also have a strong conviction that everything you need to learn for ministry, you learn in kids' ministry. And so there's a huge value in what God can do uh, in students, in people, as they're connected to kids' ministry. Uh, uh, Alexandra was, pre uh, was sharing already. She was in my Sunday school, so I take full credit for that. Um, <laughs> But anyways, it's one of those lessons, one of those lessons that you share in Sunday school, right? You get out the illustration and the cardboard cutout of a Roman soldier and a shield and a belt and a sword because it's tangible, it's physical, it's great. But a number of years ago, I thought about it. Like, what do you do with that information? Like, it's one of those things that we memorize, right? Like the, the, the shield of faith and the helmet of self. But unless you think about it and do something with it, what was the point of memorizing what each of those pieces meant? I, I want us to go through that passage today because there's something so helpful and practical for us in the place of prayer. It's like a lot of things that we teach kids, right? Like we, we still get kids to memorize like the planets, you know, the ones that they got me to memorize in elementary school, one of them's not even a planet anymore. Like, what am I supposed to do practically in my life with some of that information? Some of you learned to identify dinosaurs in elementary school. Who had to learn about dinosaurs? Is anyone here a paleontologist? Was that practical information for your life moving forward? Probably not. And, and so I think maybe even similarly, sometimes even a thing like the armor of God we think, well, that's cute. But then what does that mean for my practical everyday walk with Jesus? And I think the armor of God actually is, is such a powerful tool. I think it's a teaching about prayer. I'm going to show, it to you, uh, show that to you in just a second. But I want to encourage, especially if you're here and you're kind of like, yeah, Matt, I know, or Matthew, whatever my name is, I don't know. Um, on the island, I was Matt for 15 years. For the previous, all of the years of my life, I was Matthew. Uh, talk to my family. My name is Matthew. It's very clear. Uh, my sister is nodding back there. I also hired her at the Bible College too. But anyways, um, <laughs> should we go one more? My wife is our new chapel worship coordinator. We're so glad <laughs> that she's with us. But nonetheless, I, I particularly want to share, if you're somebody that's like, man, Matthew, I really would like to pray, but I often don't know how to start. Or often, maybe you find yourself in a place where you kind of don't feel like it, or you don't feel that you can. I think the armor of God has something for you today. Uh, just some practical, really nuts and bolts postures and mindsets for us that would cause us to be more effective in prayer. Are you ready? Should we dig in this morning? 
Awesome. If you, let's, let's pray, and then we'll dig in. Ephesians 6. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for this household of faith, Horizon Church. And I just thank you for the privilege uh, to bring a word today. And at the end of the day, I thank you that it's your word that brings transformation and life. And so, Lord, by your spirit, I just pray for that enablement uh, to open your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will illuminate it, cause it to uh, come to life within us and go deep, that it would, uh, the seeds of your word uh, would go deep into our hearts and bear much fruit, fruits of passionate and effective prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to get to the part about the armor of God, but I want us to skip a little further down if you've got your Bibles uh, with you. Uh, let's go down all the way to verse 18. So right after, and there's a reason I want to go to the right after, because often we'll read through the, the uh, armor of God, and then we stop at the last part of the armor and think, well, that's a nice little tidbit and piece of information. The last one is the sword of the Spirit, verse 17, which is the Word of God, and we're like, great. But here's Bible tip. Just keep reading. Context is key. What does it say? With every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And to this end, be alert, and with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints. Pray also for me also that I may be given the right words when I begin to speak, that I may confidently make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. This is Paul speaking to the Ephesians. And then he says also, pray that I might be able to speak boldly as I ought to speak. So right after the teaching about the armor of God, what's the theme? Prayer. So I wonder if we should then read through the armor of God thinking about what might this have to do with prayer? How might this assist me in that journey? And that's the lens I want us to look at the armor of God this morning. So let's skip back uh, a bit further up. Uh, let's go right to verse 10 and read the section together, if that's all right. And if you're wondering, I'm reading the New English translation. I, I normally preach from the ESV, but that one's in a shipping container on the side of Highway 10 in Cloverdale. Uh, we're in transition. Uh, thank the Lord. But verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 6 says this, Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Clothe yourself with the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Okay, let's pause. What's Paul getting at? Paul is using an amazing, simple sermon illustration or, or, or an illustration for the sake of the, his audience who would have known and would have seen Roman soldiers. They'd have been familiar. You'd gone to the market and you'd have seen Roman soldiers standing around and they'd have gotten used to their, their uniform, the, the different elements and pieces that they were wearing. And so Paul's using this as a communication tool to teach some spiritual truth. And that's throughout the scriptures, actually. There's some other places, even in the Old Testament, where, uh, where the, the different authors of the Bible will use different elements of armor to relate to spiritual realities. But here's, again, the thing. It's kind of nice to know the association to the spiritual reality. It's even better when we connect that when, then with something actionable, something that I can apply to my life, rather than just knowing a list of spiritual facts. Amen? The Bible's really pragmatic. How do I use this in my life? And so Paul's using this illustration uh, so that 
that we would be equipped to stand against the schemes of the devil. One of the things in prayer, why pray? Yes, to build a relationship with God, but why pray? Because I need to do spiritual battle with the forces of evil that my world would love to convince me doesn't exist, right? Our world, they, you know, we, they, in as much as people love horror movies and all these sorts of things, I, I hope none of you do, but nonetheless, you know, we, there's that sort of language. But any, if you talk to people like you actually believe that there is a devil and spiritual forces, they might look at you a bit funny. But believer, don't neglect to remember that you have an enemy of your soul. And the Bible says not only use prayer as a means for relationship with God, but as, a, as a, a tool, a weapon of spiritual warfare. We need to get up and fight in Jesus' name. Prayer. And so it's a wonderful illustration. You know, there's some illustrations in the Bible that are, are, are soft and, you know, gee, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. It's so gentle. And here's an illustration with swords and military references. We can get our teeth into this, can't we, this morning? All right. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. For this reason, because there's a spiritual battle, take up the full armor of God so that you be able to stand your ground on the day of evil, or on, the, on the evil day, and having done everything, to stand. Verse 14. Stand firm, therefore... And here we get into the, the elements. There's six. Number one, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist. By Number two, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Number three, by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the good news of peace. Number four, and in all of this, by taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Number five, take, uh, take the helmet of salvation. And six, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Six elements that we have been instructed to put on. So question, when was the last time you put on the armor of God? Other than perhaps if you're a Sunday school person, when your Sunday school teacher put some cute things on the flannel graph. Anyone remember flannel graph? Some of you are like super, it was a teaching tool. It was like backgrounds. And then the teacher would take little flannel cutouts of Bible characters and move them around the board. I read an article the other day. It's making a comeback. Go flannel graph. What do we do with these elements of the armor of God? Can I suggest today, one way for us to think about these elements is that they be, can become for us mindsets for effective prayer mindsets for effective prayer. And there's six of them, so I've got to move quick uh, to get through the list this morning. But, but what, I'm, what I mean, as I walk through this, what I want you to think about is if you're in a moment where you're kind of like, I, I should pray, but I don't know where to start. Here are six things that you could pray through to kind of rev your prayer engine. If you're kind of like, I should pray, but I don't feel like it. I, I have a feeling 
that if you would pray through these six pieces, that as you would put them on metaphorically, that you will be in a mindset and a posture, that you will be ready to fight the fight, win the battle, persevere in prayer, stand even when it's hard. Are you ready for six mindsets for effective prayer? If you're ready, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. All right, good. Number one, we've already gone through and so we're going through again, is the belt of truth. Imagine with me, a Roman soldier puts on a belt, uh, yes, to kind of keep all the things together, but there is also elements on the belt that would kind of hang down that would be a representation of status, of position. Uh, but here in this context, what does the scripture say? It's the belt of truth. So that's nice to know, but what do I do with it? Mindset number one, belt of truth, start with reality. Start with reality. What do I mean by that? I mean that there's often a temptation, even for believers, because we're humans, to kind of swap truth for not truth. Romans chapter 1, 24 says this, Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts and into impurity, the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. There can, all, there can be moments in our lives where there is a, a battle for truth. And so how does this apply to prayer? We begin with reality. Here's the thing. Maybe you've been around the church world long enough, but every now and then I, I catch little drifts or hear little things about uh, people that when they pray, they, they won't pray accurately because they're worried if they say something out loud that's true, that it'll kind of come back on them. And so I don't know if you've ever heard somebody, you know, they're, they're sick, but they won't tell anyone they're sick because if they pray out loud that the person is sick, then the sickness is going to come on. Has anyone heard anything like that before? Now, if we serve a God of truth, I wonder what if it would might be far more effective us if we just start with where we're at. God knows already. It's no surprise. But start starting in this place beginning with reality. Start with where you're at, start with the truth, avoid denial. Again, just getting our minds in the place. Now I'm going to be ready to pray because God knows the details anyway. And there's something about that practice of just being, of owning it, knowing where I'm at, knowing the circumstance that I'm facing, articulating it clearly to the Lord that just starts the pump going. Let, let's start with truth. And we'll get to the word of God in a little bit later. That's number six. So number one, belt of truth. Begin with reality. Don't be afraid. Don't be nervous. God already knows the details. But yes, he wants you to articulate it. Isn't that amazing? Just the way the kingdom works. Like we could just think, well, God already knows, so why do I bother? Yet he's inviting you into something. He's inviting you into relationship. Yes, he already knows but he wants you to bring it to him. So let's bring the accurate thing. Let's bring the whole meal deal to him. Number one. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. 
Obviously, a breastplate would cover, a ch cover your chest and vital organs. This is a very important piece of the armor. If you're fighting against someone and they've got a sword or they've got arrows, you want to protect your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, all these sorts of things on the inside. And here in the, the, the book of Ephesians, it's called the breastplate of righteousness. Well, what do I do with that tidbit? It's a great one. The breastplate of righteousness reminds us that we have permission to pray. Say permission. You have permission to pray. You, the Bible tells us, let me read a verse for you. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made the one who did not know sin. Who's that? Jesus. To be sin for us. So that in him, in Christ, we would become the righteousness of God. This is radical good news for you, believer. If you believe in Jesus, you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means you have right standing, right relationship with God through the work of Jesus on the cross. This is the good news of the gospel. Do you know why it's good to be the righteousness of God? Because if you were the righteousness of Matthew, if you were the righteousness of you, the righteousness of Daniel, you would have no rightful access into the throne room of God, right? Why? Because sin separates us from God. So I need to identify myself with the righteousness of God. Because the enemy is going to come and tell you, who are you to pray? You did that thing. You thought that thought. And the accuser of the brethren is going to come and nitpick and poke and discourage and come against you. And what do you need to do? You need to shake it off and remind yourself, I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm coming into your presence in prayer because you've opened the door and given me the right to be here. Not in arrogance, but in humility. You have permission to pray. Yet you have an enemy can try to convince you that you don't. Who are you? Can I encourage you real practically? When you come to a place of prayer, when you come to a moment where you're like, I need a miracle, I need God to break through, you need to prime the pump by even praying scripture over yourself and saying things like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have been washed, I've been sanctified, I have been justified. I have access into the throne of grace. Remind yourself of the truth. Remind yourself of your right standing before the Lord. Breastplate of righteousness, you have permission to pray. And again, don't put confidence in your righteousness. Because there's the one thing. For some of us, the enemy's poke, 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 poking, and we're like, who am I to come into prayer? And for others of us, the enemy's poke, poke, poking, and we kind of say, well, I had a really good week. I did my devotions every day. I didn't watch Netflix. I don't know, whatever silly thing that we fill into our own script and then think, man, on my own I could come in. That's a dangerous place too. Your breastplate of righteousness is the, is the one God gives you, not the one you make for yourself. Come boldly because of Jesus and him alone. 
Number three, the shoes of readiness. What do we do with that? The shoes of readiness. Uh, the mindset is that we need to stay alert and pray now. Stay alert and pray now. Luke 12, verse 40 is the scriptures tell us, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. When I prepare myself to pray, there needs to be a reminder and a stirring, a sense of urgency that now is the time. Not some other time, not next week, not when I remember, but readiness and alertness that now is the time to pray. The Lord is coming soon. Oh, horizon. Do we need to do a sermon on that? Help me out. Is the Lord coming? He's our soon coming king. And Jesus said, be alert. Be ready at every moment. Let's not let him find us slumbering in apathy, in I'll get to it. Another season of life. I'm just doing this season. When, when those things come together, then I'll get serious. When that circumstance lines up, then I'll take that. No, 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 no. Now is the time to be ready. Now is the time to be alert. Put on the shoes uh, of the readiness from the gospel of peace. Much, more, uh, much better than putting your blundstones on in the morning. Put on a sense of urgency. Now is the time to pray. Again, one of the practical things, might I encourage you, the Lord had convicted me about this a number of years ago, and so I'm going to tell all you about it too, because I think it's a really helpful thing. So often, somebody will come and they'll share, would you pray with me about, and then fill in the blank. And how often are you like me, that you say, I'll pray for you. And then you leave that conversation, and about 47 seconds later, you totally forget that, forgot that you were going to pray for that person. Has anyone ever been there before? Or am I the only heathen in the room? Okay. I also think part of putting on that readiness is, let, let's just pray now. A, an immediacy, an urgency. Now is the time to pray. All right, looking at the clock and looking at three more points, let's move on to the next one. The shield of faith. I like this one. What mindset can we think of when we think of the, the shield of faith? We are called to pray with confidence. And I know at Horizon Church, you've been instructed and encouraged to pray confident prayers. I was in pre-service prayer this morning, and there's some people that know how to pray in confidence. But I, my encouragement, even as we sang the, that worship song this morning, that with, the, with all the faith in the room, what, can the, what, what might the Lord do? There's this amazing dynamic as we all contribute and stand in a place of confidence when we pray. I was watching, uh, Dan and I were watching uh, a show that we like. Uh, probably a show maybe Daniel would like better than, than I should like it, but Alone. Have you watched Alone? Who's watched Alone before? You know, they put 10 people and they randomly throw them in the woods in terrible places around the world and say, last one to be alive wins. Um, it's basically it, right? 
And we were watching a season of it, uh, Deanna and I, and one of the, uh, an Australian version of it. And, and one of the guys is a Christian and he was going on the show to like represent Christians. And so they, they, he's praying and he's doing all these things. And at one point he sits there and, and he prays this prayer. And I'm like, buddy, like you're going there verbally saying, I'm going to represent Christians. And then he's praying, God, it would be really nice if one of these days you help me catch a possum. That would be really, really good. Amen. Like the weakest prayer that I've ever heard prayed. And I just like yelling at the TV, like, I just wish that he'd got up there and been like, God, I thank you that you provide for all of my needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you. You can lead me by your spirit to that tree where that possum is sitting and I will club it in the head in Jesus name. And I thank you. Like, wouldn't you rather pray that way? But how often do we just kind of throw a little uh, to the Lord? God, it'd be nice. <laughs> Confidence. Why? Not because we're naturally confident in ourselves, but because we serve a God like Liza, Liza was preaching to us this morning. We serve a God that's able. So why would we not pray with, with the shield of faith that we would stand strong? And I, man, we could preach the shield of faith for a number of different angles, but just one more for the sake of this morning because I see that clock. Praise the Lord. Your God is big. Pray accordingly. But another cool thing about that shield of faith, how do you build that confidence? Because it'd be like, nice, yeah, Matthew, you told me to be confident, but I'm not confident. What do I do? There's a cool picture that, that, that Paul includes in this, this, this shield of faith. It says that we can extinguish the fiery darts, the, fire, the flaming arrows of the evil one with our shield of faith. Did you know Roman soldiers used a shield? They called it a scudum. I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but nonetheless, it was a big shield and it was covered most often in leather. And guess what they would do if they knew their enemy was literally going to launch flaming arrows at them? They would soak it in water because that's a brilliant idea. If a flaming arrow comes and you throw at your shield and you're lined up with all of your buddies in a row and then the other buddies put it on top and you've soaked your shields, these, these arrows land and fizzle. They come to nothing. And Paul is like, man, that a preach. I think about in Ephesians chapter five where it talks about the washing of the water of the word. And the, 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 the thing that we can do, one of the things that you can do, believer, to build confidence in prayer is by daily saturation of the word in your life. So when the enemy comes and he's like, uh, I've got it, and he launches that flaming arrow at you, you're kind of like, uh, you throw up your shield and pss, it fizzles because you've soaked your shield in God's word daily, regularly, and saturated it so that you can stand in confidence wherever the enemy throws your way. Every day, let's be those that are in the word. And I like that picture because maybe some days you're reading in the Bible and you're like, oh man, that was so uninspiring. Do you know sometimes you read the Bible and it's uninspiring? Any heathens willing to admit that? Some of you are like, he just said that out loud. I sure did. 
It's one of the best things we can tell people because sometimes you hear preachers and they get up and they're like, the Bible, it jumped off the page. That's the thing they preach. But some days you're just going to read the word and it's good for you. But it's not going to leap off the page and transform you. But guess what? Picture you can put in your mind. You've just put some more water on that shield. Thank you, Lord, as I came to your word today. I thank you. It's truth. It's good for my life. And thank you, Lord, that you just soaked my shield of faith. So today, as I approach my day, I'm going to throw up that shield and the schemes of the enemy will come to nothing in Jesus' name. All right. Number five. Number five. The helmet of salvation. Pray with assurance. I'm so grateful to be saved. I'm sure you're grateful to be saved. It is so good to know that we walk in right relationship with our Father. When we pray, this is obviously it's similar to confidence, but there's something different about assurance. There's this, this, this deep thing in my heart. Because I'm God's, I'm a child of God. I've been welcomed into his kingdom. I am his beloved. That regardless of what happens in my life, I'm going to put on that helmet of salvation and I'm going to thank the Lord it's going to be okay. I pray with assurance. This sense of trust, this sense of, con of yes, of confidence, of awareness that I'm his. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I have an assurance that as I draw near to the Lord, he will be faithful to his word, that the circumstances might not line up right away. Daniel still went to the lion's den, hey? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not delivered. From, they, they, they went into the furnace before they could be delivered from the furnace. Assurance means that when you're in the furnace, that your God can still show up. Helmet of salvation. Thank you, Lord, I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, I belong to you. And I can trust you in every circumstance. Number six, the sword of the Spirit. This is this, one of the most practical points of this whole sermon. Pray the Scriptures. Because sometimes we're like, I don't know what to pray. When you read your Bible, you're learning how to pray. And this is what Jesus did, right? When Jesus went and, and came, uh, was uh, being uh, tempted by the devil, how did Jesus fight the battle? Not with his hands. He didn't like, you know, like chop the devil in the neck and like take him down and body slam him to the ground. No, 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 no. He said, he quoted the word of God and the devil fled, took off. This is what the early church did. Acts chapter 4, verse 25. I won't read it for now. You could read it later. They were facing persecution. The church got together and corporately prayed. And what did they do? They prayed the scriptures. And what happened? The place was shaken. Something happened. The word of God becomes our vocabulary for victory. When you pray, quote the Bible. And it's not that God forgot. But there's something of faith that gets built in us that it teaches and instructs us to pray when we quote God's word, when we pray. So again, we're coming back again to like this amazing relationship of 
prayer and the scriptures enmeshed together. You can't really have effective one without the other. Let's be in the word. Let's pray the word. So when I have a circumstance, when I have a situation that I'm walking through, I need to find some relevant scripture, ideally in context, and then pray it over my circumstance in the name of Jesus. When you're praying for healing for somebody, it's a great example. Again, moving on from kind of a, 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 kind of a, little, a little, and God loves little prayers. I'm not saying God can't answer little prayers. But if there's somebody that you know and you're praying for healing, rather than, uh, like when I, we pray with our kids and someone's sick and they just base, they're just like, Lord, make this person feel better. Amen. Like that's all. What can we add to that though? Lord, I thank you that you are the healer. Lord, I thank you for every promise of your, word, of your word in the scriptures. Lord, I thank you that by your stripes that I have been healed. And so in the name of Jesus, I apply your promise. Do you see how prayer starts to stir when you use the armor of God? When I have the right mindset, prayer becomes easy and a joy. I get to participate in these things. And so again, we looked at six mindsets. I'll quickly review. Begin with reality. You have permission to pray. Stay alert. Pray now. Pray with confidence. Pray with assurance. Pray the scriptures. And as Paul says in this, put on the armor of God. It's almost this pattern, this picture that you could even do practically in your life as you remind yourself, walking those, these things through as you prepare to pray. And then off you go in those ways in our lives. Is the worship team going to come? That would be amazing. I want to pray. And more importantly, I want to encourage you to pray. Prayer is a serious business. And last time I checked, it would be an unadvisable idea to run into a battle with flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt. Amen? If I'm going to run into battle, I better put the right gear on. And so thank the Lord he taught me what gear to put on so that when I'm facing a giant, when I'm facing the enemy, I'm not going to be quick to give up. I'm not going to be uh, the first one to tap out. I'm not going to be one that's just going to kind of lay down and flop there and say, whatever happens, happens. No, 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 no. I'm going to get up and say, thank you, Lord, for the tools of prayer, the weapons of my warfare that are powerful for the breaking down of strongholds in Jesus' name. And again, I love, you know, again, if you've been part of church for a long time, like there are the prayer warriors and I want to give like props to the prayer warriors. You keep praying. But what I wanted to encourage in particular today are those of you that would say, I don't feel like a prayer warrior. You are and can be an effective prayer warrior. Let's apply God's word to our lives. It's really practical. Let's put ourselves in some mindsets. Let's, let's, let's pray the scripture. Let's do some of these things so that, that I know in my own life, I can, I can get up and fight that battle. In Jesus' name. Can we stand together? I want us to do one thing before we wrap up this morning. I want you right now to think of one circumstance that you're believing for. Thank you, thank you. One circumstance or situation you're needing to do some spiritual warfare, I'm going to give you 15 seconds. Think about what's the thing. Would you articulate it in your mind? Would you identify it? 
specifically, we're gonna start with truth. So the first thing I want you to do is to pick a thing. What's the battle? What are we, we're gonna practice and apply right now. Is that all right before we go? It's one thing to hear a list. It's another thing to say, what does this mean in my life? Okay, do you got your thing? If you've got it, say, got it. Okay, let's, now let's take that thing, that circumstance, and let's bring that to the Lord. Can we do that together this morning? Would you do that right now? And can I encourage you one last thing before we start? The disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, say. Jesus told his disciples to pray out loud. I, that was the Bible, right? It was. When you pray, say. Now that doesn't mean you need to shout it. The devil doesn't have a hearing problem. But there's something about letting it out of your mouth. And so can we begin with truth? The first thing, would you present to the Lord your need right now? Right where you're at, let's bow our heads. Let's come to a place of prayer. Whether it's healing, whether it's breakthrough in a relationship, start with reality. Don't kind of sugarcoat it. Don't try to, but like articulate it to the Lord. Even articulate to the Lord how this is making you feel. God, I bring you my anxiety about this need. It's all right to bring it to him. Let's start in that place. Starting in that place of truth. We're, Lord, today we put on the belt of truth. In Jesus' name, Lord, we bring our prayers and our supplications to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you know that you love us enough. We can be honest with you. Thank you, Lord. We don't need to hide it. We don't need to make it look better because you already know it. So we come before you today in truth. And now, Lord, as we continue, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Can we even pray something to the effect of, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Would you pray that over yourself today if you're a believer in the house? Lord, today I am the righteousness of God. I don't come before you because I had a good week. I don't come before you today because I nailed everything that you told me to nail. But Jesus was nailed to Calvary's cross. And so, Lord, today I boldly approach your throne of grace, putting on the breastplate of righteousness today. I belong here and I have permission. Something like that. Remind yourself. Pray it out loud. I am the righteousness of God. I belong in a place of prayer. I have permission to, by my Father to bring my need to Him today. Alrighty, we're going to put on the shoes of readiness. We're going to pray now. So Lord, we're coming right now. We're not going to delay. We're not going to put this off. Right now, we're bringing our concern before you in Jesus' name. We're going to take up that shield of faith today. God, we thank you that you are big. Let's lift our eyes to the greatness of our God. God, you are more than able. Nothing is too difficult for you. God, you are the God that hung the stars in the sky. Lord, you are the one that knit together every molecule of DNA in every single one of my cells. And so God, I come in confidence today because you are more than able. I lift up the shield of faith today. Thank you, Lord. And we put on that helmet of salvation. Let's remind ourselves that we are children of the Most High God. God, I thank you that I'm accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord. Your word declares that I've been washed, sanctified, and justified. I have right relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what happens, my, my confidence and my assurance is in you and you alone. 
Thank you, Lord, that I can trust the outcome of my prayer to you because you're more than able. And the sword of the Spirit, if you've got a scripture to pray, pray it over the circumstance in the name of Jesus. If it's healing, you could pray something like the promise of God's word. By his stripes, you are healed. It's a promise of God's word. If it's a need for provision, you could pray something like, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills and you will provide for my needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, your word declares in my life. If, you've need, if you have a need in your life uh, for peace or reconciliation, you can remind yourself that, God, you are the God of peace. You have broken down the walls of division. And so would you, God, in my circumstance, break down walls of division and bring reconciliation as I am a minister of reconciliation. Quote a scripture if you can find one in your data bank called your brain and pray it over your situation. And now that we've prepared ourselves, let's present our need to the Lord. God, we lift up right now. Church, let's pray. Let's stir our faith. We're doing battle in the name of Jesus. Battle is aggressive. Battle is not passive. Battle is a choice. And so God, as we prepare our minds, we, we bring to you our requests. We make them known to God. And Lord, we trust that you are more than able. You are breaking through. You are answering prayer today. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that because of the prayers that we have prayed this morning, realities have shifted. Things will never be the same. Lord, there has been breakthrough. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that the forces of heaven, that there will be an angelic response if need be. Lord, I thank you that the forces of darkness are being pushed back in the name of Jesus as we stand in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your instruction in prayer. Cause us to be a people of prayer more than ever before. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.